the blast from our past network. This is William Sadler, and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents The Watch List. I'm one half of the pad team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me in the hot seat is Dustin from Action Action. What's up, my man? Hey, Corey. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Yeah, not too much. Just uh, getting ready to dive into this interesting topic you've chosen here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Well, as everybody knows, I've been tearing through the network, kind of trying to pair up uh, other hosts that I think would go well with watch lists that I want to do, because I did watch lists for two years. Uh, for You know, I, I learned a lot and I had a good time, but it was topics that uh, I allowed the guest to pick. And Dustin, I apologize that you never got to pick a topic. I'll have you on again so you can pick one. Um, but I was excited to have Dustin on the show from Action Action Podcast. Not only are they our brothers up north and uh, also brothers in the network, but I do love what Dustin brings to the conversation on Action Action. Uh, as Before we jump in, Dustin, what, can you explain to everybody what Action Action Podcast is all about and what you guys do over there? Yeah, for those who don't know, we're obviously an action movie-centric uh, podcast. Uh, we re- review a different action film each week, and we uh, rank and rate it, and we put it on a giant list that we're creating as we progress. So each movie finds uh, its place on the list, and we get to argue about that, debate where it belongs, and that's always a good time. And so we're creating the ultimate ranked action movie list as we go. Nice. And you can actually follow that list on letterboxd.com. Uh, we have an account as well, but when I actually learned about that from you all, um, but it's a, it's ever evolving in an ever growing list, which makes it a very fun and, and engaging sort of thing for the audience to, to do while they listen to the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun to hear feedback too about like, you know, how wrong we are about something. And, and uh, often we, we look back at the list and we're like, yeah, that should be higher or that, that, that should be lower than it is. So <laughs> sometimes we have revisited a movie to, to move it. And I think we'll probably be doing that with a few more in the future because, you know, your, your feelings change about things over time. So of course, yeah, of course they do. And one thing that I love, uh, you know, besides all the awesome insight that you have, but one thing I love that you bring to the table at Action Action is you're a little bit older than your, your co-host there. And you and I are actually the same age, so I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything. Uh, but you and I are both 1978 uh, born babies. And, uh, you know, we grew up with movies like Commando and Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone in their prime, you know, 80s action stars. And I always appreciate, uh, you know, your... Or, you know, again, like I said, the, the perspective you come at that things on action, action. Elder, I like to call myself the elder statesman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they just give me shit for being old. But yeah, uh, you know, it's fun because my co-hosts haven't necessarily always 
seen these movies or maybe they saw them later, you know, at a different period of their life than the way they would have hit us, you know, when we saw them renting them from the video store uh, as kids and stuff. So it's just, it's fun dynamic to have uh, different perspectives coming at these things and looking at them with uh, hopefully fresh eyes. Yeah. And we try to do that, you know, on podcast after dark uh, as well. Like a lot of times the stuff Zach brings to the table, shit I've never seen before. And, uh, but it's, it's fun, you know, coming at a movie with no nostalgic, uh, you know, viewpoint whatsoever. And then also coming at movies with like pure nostalgia. And as we all know, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they give me shit for that too. I'm the nostalgia guy for sure on our show um where you know i i'm gonna see certain things with rose tinted glasses on that they won't necessarily see the same way but yeah that's what makes it fun is uh we each have our own different views so and as always um i'll have links to everything that you guys uh you know put out and whatnot in the show notes in these episode show notes but i'll also have a link to the letterboxed uh account so people can follow that as well because it's a lot of fun yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's an ongoing project that is just uh, you know, take on a life of its own. So yeah, <laughs> as as they all do, right? <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, I'm excited to get into this, and I, the topic is I I threw at you top five sci-fi ground vehicles, and I was like, because and you'll see, there's there's things that I really want to talk about. Um, I have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, I have a boat because I don't think I'll ever get to a boat. I think this is pretty much, you know, it we've done. I've done spaceships. I've done, you know, armor. I've done cars, you know, so it's just there's no boats. I have like one or two boats. So that's it. Um, A boat episode. There's not going to be a full-on boat episode. <laughs> uh, so, as always, we'll count down uh, five to one. We'll insert our honorable mentions in between two and one, and uh, you know. If we have something, as always, as before, we're only picking one thing from a franchise. Um, and when, and we're going to talk about it when we get to the same franchise on the same level. So if uh, you have a Star Wars vehicle, ground vehicle at number three, and I have one at number two, we'll discuss both of them together when we get to my number two, the lower one. Right. So, uh, all right. I'll give you a spoiler alert right now, Corey. A Star Wars vehicle is my number one. <laughs> I'll give you a spoiler alert. A Star Wars vehicle is my number one as well. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was the exact same vehicle. <laughs> uh, and it's one, it's 50% of the reason I wanted to have this uh, discussion. So, but Dustin, yes. you, you are first, my friend. You go first. What is your number five sci-fi ground vehicle i didn't know a better it's name to call it such a specific uh topic you know and maybe we're going to argue over some of these or not because you you did give me some some regulations here to follow and i've tried to stick to that but let's see <laughs> so real quick i just wanted to throw out what they were so i told Dustin, i was like no straight up cars like i mean you can have wheels but no like just straight up normal vehicle movie vehicle cars um and then i was like it couldn't fly higher than a skyscraper because right. that would be an airplane or a spaceship. So it could be a skyscraper or lower. I'm sure Dustin was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, at least that, you know, give me a sense anyway. So yeah. here's my number five. I don't think it can fly higher than a skyscraper. Although it flies <laughs> fairly high. It's uh, Corbin Dallas's taxi from The Fifth Element. That's, now, I, I don't have that on my list, so feel free. 
Okay, so it does fly fairly high because, you know, we see these scenes in the city where he's, you know, they're flying amongst the skyscrapers, but never above the city. Um, he's always flying in it. And that's one of my favorite sequences from that movie, which is already a very colorful and just uh, sort of bombastic film. But that sequence with him escaping with, uh, oh no, all of a sudden I've gone blank on. Lilu. Lilu, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when they're escaping his cab and they're being chased by the police and, you know, they've got to go down into the oh, sort of so good. sewer area or whatever it is. But yeah, just exciting, uh, really fun. I mean, it's a cab, but it's a, obviously it's a flying car at the same time. Um, yeah, just one of the more memorable sequences for me from that movie. And I always liked that sequence and I liked that cab car because it gave me uh, shades of heavy metal. The specifically the, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, remember the, yeah, the, the New York City part where the guy, you know, Harry or whatever, um, it reminded me of his cab car, you know? Right. And even just, uh, even thinking of just the heavy metal, the, the comic magazine yeah. that used to come out uh, always had kind of very vibrant, crazy science fiction stories in it uh, that were somewhat reminiscent of like the city that you see in the fifth element. So. Well, and Mobius uh, famously designed a lot of the stuff in uh, The Fifth Element. And mm -hmm. if you're a comic book reader, uh, you can always spot Mobius's art style because he gives everybody these cone hats. And the, <laughs> the best like sort of way to see that in Fifth Element is the cops have those like helmets mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I mean, he did a lot of design work for Star Wars as well. And and they uh, even in the, the Loki show they made an homage to mobius with luke uh, wilson's character or owen wilson's character oh that's cool i haven't actually watched loki yet so that's something to look forward to oh spoiler alert <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm but it's my fault i'm not up on these marvel shows i gotta catch it that's all right hey man there's way too much content out there uh but this is perfect because this was specifically so Again, spoiler alert. Actually, you know what? I'll just talk about it now. It's going to be one of my honorable mentions. Um, but uh, Deckard's flying car from uh, Blade yeah. Runner. The spinners, right? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? That's a ground vehicle. It's flying, but it's not It's not a <laughs> spaceship. It's very high, doesn't it? Though? It, it kind of does. Yeah. But that was the reason I told Dustin. I was like, you can be a hovering vehicle if you want. And I would call uh, Corbin Dallas's you know, car a ground vehicle, even though it's hovering, basically. Yeah, it's like a hover car, I guess, yeah. Good pick, buddy. Good pick. Um, again, sometimes we're going to get a little weird with what we figure a ground vehicle is. In, in this particular version, <laughs> I'm, I'm quoting vehicle because I don't know if it's it's quite a vehicle. It's, it's human-shaped, but it's a giant robot. And I'm talking about the Jaegers in, in Pacific Rim, specifically Gypsy Danger. Nice. Yes, I, I had considered those for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I wondered if you would count that or not. <laughs> and it's it's actually the newest thing like on my list. But man, when that movie came out, dude, I instantly fell in love with it and the universe. I thought it was super cool. I know some people have problems with it, but honestly, every time I watch it, I think it actually holds up really well. I like the score. I like the look of it. But the Jaegers are awesome. And then on top of it, I didn't mention it on this on the armor one, but they have really cool pilot armor as well. Like it's the yeah. whole package, you know? Yeah, it's that uh, neon Genesis Evangelion brought to life sort of thing going on there. So exactly yeah, a, lot of, a lot of fun set pieces with those in the movie for sure. Yeah. And I mean, guys and gals, don't go out and see number two. It was not that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, ew, yeah, a little rough. <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you see uh, Pacific Rim in the theater when it came out? I didn't get to see it in the theater, actually. Uh, that would have been the better way to experience it, I have no doubt. But uh, I, I had to wait till it came out on video for that one. Gotcha. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was it was a damn good time. And yeah, like I said, every time I pop that movie in, I always have a blast, you know, watching it. And just it's just so much fun to see giant robots fight on giant monsters. I mean, what do you what more do you want at this point? <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. What else do you need? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Number four. All right. Number four. Well, we're jumping from a, a giant robot suit in your case all the way down to a very tiny vehicle for me here uh number four on my list is the hoverboard from back to the future 2 oh dude that is perfect it didn't even come up in my mind but you saying it i'm like nah you're an idiot for not thinking about that one that one's perfect bro <laughs> well you know i gotta be honest i didn't think of it myself i uh i was playing some video games online with a couple of my oldest friends the other night and i was like hey you know what are I got to go on this podcast and we're going to talk about sci-fi ground vehicles. Can you guys think of anything? Cause I was trying to think, I feel like I'm missing something here. Like what's, what's not on my list. And yeah, one of my friends came up with this, the hoverboard and I was like, Oh shit, that's fantastic. Of course the hoverboard has to be on, on the list. Um, and of course yeah, we, you, know, you saw back to the future two in the theater when it came out, I assume. Right. I did. Yeah. Uh, my dad took me as I recall. And, you know, that was one of those ones where we didn't have to wait very long for part three. I think it was like a couple months later or something like that. But uh, that was just one of the coolest things. This, the hoverboard, people are still talking about the hoverboard. Now people still want, they're still waiting for the hoverboard technology to be, to be real. Um, because we now we've passed the point in which back to the future two was set in the future. So <laughs> Everyone wants that shit. And who can blame them? What a what a cool thing that would be to have. Yeah. No, man. It's that that whole sequence at this point is iconic, you know, right down to the the crazy hologram jaws, you know, 20 <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and what a good uh, way to sort of work off of what you've done in the first movie, right? Like, you know, the, the old sequences with him using of course a regular skateboard and then now we're in the future what's what do they have they got a hoverboard of course they do <laughs> God, he got to man he gotta have a hoverboard <laughs> uh, i think i saw just uh, online the other day i saw like some test footage they were doing uh of the hoverboards and and whatnot up in like the valley you know just trying to having kids on the boards and they're just doing some effects trying to get the look of it but it's just it's still such a you know, it's funny, like every time I'm sold, like I'm always sold on it. It looks real to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from then till now, it still looks it still looks convincing. Good old Back to the Future. All right. Good one, man. That was a good one. It's always good to sort of uh, field it outwards to kind of see what you're missing. I did the same thing today and you'll hear my number three was that too. And I was like, how did I miss that? But we'll get to that in a second. Um, my number four, it's... I would say it's a horror movie first, but the way that it's set, it's it, I feel like it's kind of sci-fi. Um, it's from Land of the Dead, and it's Dead Reckoning. Have oh, you ever? Okay. I don't. I don't know this one. Okay, so this was. Oh, um... oh, wait. wait, sorry, I was thinking of Land of the Lost. Land of the Dead is the Romero, the Romero movie, right? The Romero movie seen. with with um, Dennis Hopper, and yeah. yeah, did you see that one? 
I did see that one actually. I, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the theater, but I haven't seen it since then, so I don't remember it that well. Yeah, no, that's that's totally understandable. It's actually one of my favorite Ramiro ones, although Day of the Dead is my favorite. But this one, I I always loved Land of the Dead because it kind of has a Mad Max meets zombie vibe because it's so sort of far into the post-apocalyptic. But the whole movie's kind of centered around this vehicle called the Dead Reckoning, which is just like a giant. It's not even doesn't even look like a truck. It, it feels completely fabricated from the ground up but it's a giant truck with just armed to the hilt with machine guns and rocket launchers and everything and from you know the get-go i was sold on that and to this day like i still like you know catch myself randomly fantasizing about living in in that sort of post-apocalyptic world but i would want to have dead reckoning with me because it's just essentially a rolling fortress you know right yeah no i'm gonna have to rewatch that movie because and i've been thinking that as well because it's the only one of the Romero, the actual Romero deads that I don't really remember at all. Um, so yeah, I got to revisit that and uh, see this vehicle you're talking about. You, um, I was, mine was always, uh, my favorite growing up as a kid was always Day of the Dead. Uh, did you have any preference over like night, dawn or day? Man, it's actually really hard to choose between those three. I think I would have to go with dawn, but night and day are both incredible as well, so. And they're all as different as night and day. Yeah. <laughs> dad jokes. And I'm not a dad. <laughs> I think it's gone for me just because that's the one I've watched the most times. And I think probably one of the first ones I saw out of them. So. For me, I didn't, as a kid, I loved Dawn of the Dead, you know, because it's so much fun because of the action and everything. But I think the reason Day of the Dead sticks with me is it's just, it's bleak and hopeless. I feel like you had hope in Dawn of the Dead that you were going to find other humans or whatever. But in Day, it's just yeah. like, what do you do? Like, this is it. This is you're at the end of the human race, essentially. And you've got Bub, right? So. <laughs> and you've got Bub. <laughs> and you've got fucking Rhodes, uh, dick ass Rhodes to deal with. So, <laughs> but yeah, check out uh, check out Land of the Dead, dude. It's it's a, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a fun zombie movie. What is your number three? Number three on my list. Now, I don't actually know the official name of this one, but it is the Doof Warrior vehicle from Mad Max Fury Road, which is the, uh, you know, the one with the guy with the guitars and yes. the giant amps on the vehicle. And they're, you know, they're storming through the desert and he's just ripping metal leads while they uh, go out on their apocalyptic raids. Um, just such an image uh one of those things and, and this is another movie i did see in the theater where the whole movie i'm just like astonished at the creativity you're i'm seeing on the screen um and what miller is pulling off but that vehicle just stands out as just being so over the top and so absurd this guy is almost just like um he's just like sort of the moral support i guess for the yeah. actual warriors <laughs> it's just playing sweet sweet leads for these guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i think uh i mean i've stopped talking so much about uh how, how much i love that movie but i think you nailed the nailed it on the head when you said you were just astonished that's that's how i felt the first time i watched it and almost every time i watch it i feel that way i'm like how does this exist like how mm -hmm. did anyone make this movie it just it couldn't have, it shouldn't have happened and, and like but it did and it's amazing that we live in this timeline that it actually did happen yeah and i mean and shout out to our list this movie still sits at number one now i don't know if personally if i was making the list myself if i would have it at number one 
but you know we all three of our ratings have to come together to create the final rating and uh so mad max fury road is still number one on our on our list at this point and it, it's a it's a phenomenal movie and if you haven't seen it for some reason you know you you must <laughs> i mean you, you have you know, to I had I had also thought about his the interceptor from the Road Warrior, but I was like, well, maybe that is a straight up car, and then I'd be breaking your rules. <laughs> <laughs> but the the Doof Warrior uh, one is perfect, and uh, you know, and if you haven't seen the Conan O'Brien uh, uh, sketch <laughs> where he's going down to San Diego Comic Con, I think it was it was the year that you know I think Fury Road came out, and he spoofed that. I mean, it's it's almost as good as the movie itself. <laughs> Uh, I think I did see that. I got now. See, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on YouTube later tonight. And make sure I've I've seen that. <laughs> just just picture Conan O'Brien in that red suit doing the exact same thing, and you, you pretty much have it. Uh, good one, buddy. That's that's a fantastic one and a fantastic movie. I've said it multiple times, but uh, I went to a real tough spot in L.A. Uh, we're talking like like just just bad news bears, and uh, the only thing that literally kept me alive was that movie when it came out on blu-ray i literally had it on 24 7 just just on the couch you know mentally dying every single day and it was the only thing that kept me alive so there's always this uh, always going to be a special place in my heart for fury road you're painting such a appealing picture of lost living in los angeles <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a reason i don't live there anymore <laughs> and there's a reason i tell no one to go there <laughs> all right buddy uh my number three uh i'm wondering if it's on your list and mm-hmm. as i mentioned earlier it was i was an idiot for like i don't know how i didn't even think about this until i fielded it outwards but i'm talking about the iconic tron light cycles Ah, uh, yes, this is on my honorable mentions. So. Honorable mentions. Okay, okay. Well, how about uh, we'll do that? How about, you know, why don't we just do honorable mentions now between three and, and two? I'll just talk about, we'll talk about the light cycles together and then we'll just jump into some honorable mentions. Sounds good. So Tron light cycle, dude. I mean, and I'm talking about the original and I love Tron Legacy. I love both of those movies almost equally, but obviously I have more nostalgic oh. love for uh for for what what is your preference on on the two uh well yeah i think i prefer the original movie um but the second movie kind of seemed to get a lot of flack and i I actually thought it was pretty decent i mean it it looked incredible uh had a killer score by daft punk um so i was into the movie but for some reason just it didn't uh didn't light up the way that people want to light up light cycle uh (laughs) that it was expected to it just didn't perform all that well so yeah uh, yeah but it, it's a movie that i thought was underrated for sure yeah and and i i understand if people don't love you know tron legacy for whatever reason i'm like okay i get it people are like oh the the, the story's a little bit convoluted um but like with fury road i have a very specific focus in that in in tron legacy and tron legacy uh i really weirdly connect with clue and it, the movie tron legacy came out around the time that my stepdad divorced my mom and kind of like exited my life as well uh and he was in my life since i was like 10 years old and i don't mean to get dark right now but he was wow. in my life since i was like 10 and he like exited around the time that this happened 
And dude, like I'm telling you, I connected with Clue and like his basically his anger towards Flynn and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, weirdly, I, these are things I don't think that, you know, the filmmakers intended at all. But, you know, poor broken Corey uh, uh, connected on that level. And it still kind of connects with me on that level, uh, weirdly enough. Um, but Light Cycles, let's talk about something a little bit more fun. <laughs> light Cycles. So. Dude, when I was a kid, I mean, you, you and I are the same age, you know, as well as I do. I mean, Tron was amazing as a kid. And I know, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not the, it's a weird paced movie, you know, here and there, but I love every bit of it. And I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I saw, uh, I saw it in the theater in LA um, about, about eight years ago or something. They, they showed it. And when the light cycle scene on the big screen, yeah. even with like 1981 graphics, holds up so well and mm -hmm. i got goosebumps when he was like take him into the maze and then it goes into that first person like right, maze yeah, scene yeah. and dude on the big screen it's amazing it's unbelievable wow that's cool i mean it was such a magical idea at that time too right when video games were still sort of in their infancy to some degree and you know we're, you're into video games and the idea that you could kind of go in into this world uh, was amazing. And yeah, that sounds incredible what you're describing. Uh, we, you know, we don't get a lot of, like the, where I live, you don't get a lot of theaters showing older run movies a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I can drive into Vancouver, it's about an hour away and there's some theaters that do that, which is fun to do sometimes, but it's not one of those things, like if you're in LA, there's like five or six, you know, different options of, uh, you know, the Arclight or whatever that are showing these great films. So that that's one, I guess that'd be one bonus of living. <laughs> That was my favorite aspect of LA. The, the thing that I missed the most is all the theaters that show old movies like the Egyptian and whatnot. Uh, famously, Zach and I saw uh, Prince of Darkness in the church that was converted into a theater, but in the church from the movie. So wow. yeah, it's That's wild. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I just want to uh, wrap it up with the light cycle. We've gone so many tangents, yeah. like as, as much as I love legacy, nothing beats how iconic those original light cycles looked and still look, dude, like you show that even just the, the profile of it, you could have it just be blank with like yeah. no detail and just have the profile. You would understand what that was. And it looks so unique. Even today, no one's even attempted to do something like that. And I still freaking love it, man. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. Uh... Tron wasn't one of my favorites as a kid so like that's why it's on my honorable mentions as opposed to on my actual list but yeah it, it is definitely unbelievably iconic image for sure and why don't you just uh we'll both just rattle off uh I actually only have two more so you just rattle them off and we'll just talk about whatever we you know we feel like talking about yeah okay well I actually have a bit of a list because you know uh some of them stray outside of film to you know cartoons and stuff like that so I had some, a bit of a longer list on the honorable mentions, but a couple of the movie ones I had, I had the exoskeletons from Matrix Revolutions on my honorable mentions. Good um, one. I, that's my favorite part of that entire movie. For sure. Uh, the weakest movie I'd say of the original franchise, but, but those, those things looked fantastic. They were huge. They had the huge machine guns on the arms. Uh, yeah. They looked good with the people in them operating them yeah. and everything. Obviously not the original sort of like mech or exoskeletons that we saw in sci-fi movies, but those ones just 
uh, looked incredible. And yeah, maybe it's because like you're saying, they're, they're probably the most standout part of that particular movie. And, and can I tell you that uh, I realized when I saw that movie uh, and I'm not a gun guy, like I'm not like, trust me, I'm not like a gun guy. But I do yeah. get aroused by the sound of sustained fire. You know what I mean? Just nonstop sustained fire. I'm just like, oh, that makes my nipples hard. <laughs> Interesting. I'm learning all kinds of things about it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yeah, no, those those things are awesome. I mean, yeah. just destructive machines. Um, I'm just seeing if I had any others from movies. Uh, I thought about the self-driving cars and upgrade. That was a more recent thing. I don't know if I would, they're distinct enough, you know, to really make a, the list. They're cool yeah. and they do play a role in the, in the movie. But, um, and then the other from a movie was the Johnny Cab from, from Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Not really a cool vehicle exactly, but a memorable one. Um, but the rest of my stuff, I think, is from TVs, TV shows and, uh, and cartoons. Um, I, had to, I had to mention Hit from Knight Rider. I mean, that is a straight up car, I guess. A futuristic car, but yeah, man, so cool. Uh, I also had Psykill from the GoBots. Oh. The guy that turns into a motorcycle. Oh, my buddy Diallo, if he's listening to this one, he's, he's on uh, TV Obscura with us. He loves the GoBots. He would get a kick out of that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I always enjoyed GoBots too. I mean, obviously Transformers, I think, took precedent, but... Um, it took top spot, but Psykill, I always, for some reason as a kid, Psykill was just really cool to me. And I never even had the toy or anything. I just always thought he looked awesome for some reason. Uh, dude, it's funny. You and I come at GoBots from the exact same place. Uh, Psykill, I did have that toy. It was the only GoBot toy I had. And it was the only GoBot that I cared about. I was like, he's cool. <laughs> Didn't like any of the rest of them, but I was like, that guy, I like that guy. I like that. You didn't like the little like uh, moped one? <laughs> Fuck the little moped. <laughs> um now i didn't put the delorean on my actual list so it's on the honorable mentions because it yeah. does i think fly pretty high um, <laughs> uh and the thunderhawk from mask that's a good um, one yeah 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 and i i'm not sure how fly, high that one was supposed to fly but is that matt is that matt tracker's one yeah no. okay okay the car it's in just guys and gals it's the it's the red one uh with the the dorian wings that actually come up and look like wings and then it can fly yeah, it looks maybe it's supposed to be a Camaro or something. Yeah, it, but... it's yeah, it's not a Dorian, but yeah, it has the 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 wings that come up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love Mask, and that's also one of the best uh, intros, uh, you know, theme songs from the '80s as well. Oh yeah, and that's that's some tough competition too. There. I know, I know. Uh, the Terror Drone, ah, Ninja Turtles. That's a ground vehicle. That is. is... <laughs> no, you're right, dude. You're right. You know what? I would even push back and say, you know what? If you wanted to go with Krang's suit if for Krang, I would give that ground view. It's same as a mech suit, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that thing is just awesome. Yeah. I, another, another toy, of course, I never had. I never no. had like, big play sets and stuff as a kid, but man, that's one you everyone wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Cobra Hiss. Yes. The tanks, you know, the little tanks with the treads. Uh, I mean, there was so many GI Joe vehicles you could have mentioned, but those ones for some reason were always just looked really cool to me. The the Cobra Hiss and the Trouble Bubble were like my two favorite toys that I had for GI Joe back in the day. Oh yeah, see that's another thing. I I had lots of GI Joes. Never had. I don't think I ever had a single vehicle. Uh, so it was always something I had to play with at other kids' houses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um 
Turbo Teen. Now this is a deep cut. You ever heard of Turbo Teen? The, the cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so when I was a kid, for some reason, Turbo Teen was like my favorite. Like, even though it was only on, I think, for one season. And it yeah. Because nobody gave a shit about this show. He had to get but, wet, right? To get or wa- yeah, cold water? Yeah, I get cold water to turn into a car or, or turn back into a kid. I can't remember exactly the mechanism, but yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I just loved this fucking show. And I would watch, make sure I watched it above He-Man and Transformers and everything. Fucking Turbo Teen. And my dad would make fun of it every time he came in and I was watching it because you know, <laughs> the, the intro had the kid's face like puffing out and yeah. blowing out into like, transformed into the sports car. <laughs> Uh, but I had this weird thing for transformations when I was a kid. I really liked the seeing the process of a transformation, whether it was a transformer or like the Incredible Hulk or something. So I think that's why I was super into <laughs> into Turbo Teen. Uh, but see, I don't we're, know. See, we're learning a lot about you too, as well, buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Does he count as a vehicle, though? I mean, he's a person. No, because you're inside of him. <laughs> you're yeah, in, you're in him. Inside of a person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's a> weird. <laughs> Uh, this is a different Star Wars vehicle that I didn't make my list, and I hope it's not the one that's on your list. It's the speeder bikes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's not on my list, but yeah, I, I like those. But uh, yeah, we'll yeah. keep the Star Wars discussion uh, uh, to the because to yeah. our number one because we both know it is there. Man, those speeder bikes! How fucking cool are those? Ah, uh, they're <laughs> fucking awesome. And you and I—I'm sure you and I both uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, we—I mean, that was so influential as a kid. Yeah, and I mean, like looking back now, it's definitely my least favorite of the original trilogy. But at the time, as a kid, fucking absolutely loved it. I don't give a shit. Ewoks, all give me, give me all of it. <laughs> um, but those speeder bikes, man, I always wanted to ride a fucking speeder bike. Um, hopefully, not crash into a tree. Yeah, hundred miles an hour. <laughs> and and you know, uh, for me, icing on the cake was uh, the biker scout armor because that's my favorite stormtrooper armor is yeah, the scouts. Yeah. I think they're cool as shit man awesome yeah and there's so many iterations of stormtroopers but they are definitely one of the coolest yeah uh, just yeah they had their own look um and getting down to the last couple here i had heat vision did you ever see heat vision and jack this was a a pilot with jack black and i think owen wilson if i remember right no never heard of it <laughs> or maybe it, it might have been ben stiller it was only a pilot you can watch it it's incredible and one of them gets turned into a motorcycle by of course sort of, i think jack black is the voice of the motorcycle yeah. <laughs> of course uh fucking hilarious uh track it down if you haven't seen it because it's really funny okay uh, didn't, didn't didn't make it as a regular tv show <laughs> uh sorry last two attack track from he-man and the masters universe yes yes that's a good one the treads that kind of roll over and almost like it's walking and rolling at the same time again he-man tons of memorable vehicles for me anyway uh from that show so that that was the one i just wanted to pick one did you watch revelations i did yeah what did you think of it uh i thought it was decent I'm interested to see where it goes from here because it felt like a prologue to me to, yeah. like, to whatever the actual series is going to be. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people disappointed with certain things that happened in the plot and I think understandably so. Um, but for the most part, I was into it. I thought at least I was glad everyone looked the way they were supposed to look. I liked it. There was a lot of, there was a lot of fun fan service things yeah. in it. Yeah. And like in the, the first episode, like, like how 
I mean, it's literally the first thing you see, but like how Fakor is riding that, uh, that horse, that, that robotic horse that, you know, they made a toy of and yeah, they did a yeah. good job of like incorporating all the toys and the fan right. service. All the toy stuff. Yeah. And like, and even guys, characters that um, were supposed to have figures that didn't end up getting them in the original line and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that was, that was fun anyway. Yeah, and for me, uh, Evil Lynn was always one of my favorite characters, and it was nice oh, to really yeah. to see. I mean, she her story really gets fleshed out here. Yeah, that was cool. All the stuff with her and Orko. Uh, yeah. So there was there was some enjoyable stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, didn't full on love it, but I'm interested enough to keep watching it when they put out more. Well, I did love it, and I'm gonna keep on watching it. Nice. <laughs> uh, and last uh, but not least on my honorable mentions is the Hunter Killer from terminator oh good one good one i dude i always loved the future stuff the future scenes in the first terminator movie uh so much so that like i always went out for the comic books that that were featured the that stuff um famously there was a um a now comics um back in the day now comics uh had the terminator license they had like fright night license they had had the real ghostbusters license as well um Mm -hmm. but alex ross did a four issue series with them called like, you know, future war or something like that. Um, But it's fully painted, you know, by him and it's, but it's the story fully takes place in the future. Um, You see how John Connor and them all basically fight, you know, get to Skynet and everything, but the aesthetic, the way everything looks, the armor and the guns and everything look like the first Terminator movie, like how the future aesthetic looked and it's, I adore it. It is so good. Wow. That's cool, man. I, to see an Alex Ross painting of that stuff, that'd be really cool um just e- easily google you know now yeah. comics alex ross terminator and you can get them like on comiXology like they're not out of print so you can actually oh, nice. get the trade or whatever and i highly recommend reading it well that's cool i did not know about that yeah. um yeah hunter killers i mean that was the cool thing about terminator right is that we had those scenes in the future but they were brief because they didn't have like a huge budget to be sh- making all this which is why you've set a, a, a future movie in the present t- time in the first place right like the, the future robot had to come back to our time to kill somebody but just getting those glimpses almost is even more effective because it just lets your imagination sort of run wild with what's going on in that timeline and what that world is like yeah and and as awesome as like the opening for t2 was like that was cool i still like we got to see more in the first terminator in the flashbacks yeah 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 there was a lot to accomplish i guess in the second movie so we didn't have as much time to uh to sort of linger in those future future past (laughs) and i don't think we needed them in, in the second movie like like you said we had too much to do um it's it's perfect i think one two and then uh dark fate i actually love dark fate so i think it's a great uh third to those two I still got to watch that. I, you know, I keep hearing mixed things and I kind of wanted to wait till all the hype and anti-hype had died down before I dipped into that. So it's for me, the Terminator universe is always something that I have like a baseline six that I'm going to enjoy it. Like nothing's going to drop below a six, even like Genesis, as much as I hate that I'll, I'll I can still <laughs> sit and watch it. But like dark fate, I thought was, it was the best of the post T2 sequels. And I actually really enjoyed uh, um, Salvation. Uh, I actually really enjoyed uh, Terminator 3, but uh, Genesis sucks balls. I kind of have a, a bit of a soft spot for 3. I, I don't yeah. love it, but I I didn't hate it either when it came out. It's like it has some really cool shit in it for sure. Uh, uh, Salvation I wasn't as big on, but you know, at some point 
we'll have to do all of these on our on our podcast and actually, actually yeah them and see see if anything new gets uh brought to light yeah exactly uh good honorable mentions um i'll throw in i only have two um i'm gonna throw in Kaneda's bike from akira uh that's my number two on my list <laughs> okay okay we'll go right into it i'm just gonna say my other one is uh have you ever seen deep rising yes uh treat williams is a attack boat or whatever you know thought that was cool yeah i like that movie i think that's a fun movie <laughs> uh spoiler alert zach has it we're gonna review it at some point whenever he whenever bodie uh unwraps it so he it's like one of like six movies that he has over there so we will be reviewing deep rising on podcasting after dark i just don't know when <laughs> yeah that's one i've been wanting to do on our show as well at some point and that's a fun one but you remember the boat though right the boat's super fucking cool well i didn't remember that it was different than just being like a was it like a speedboat or like it, it was just like speedboat? It seemed like tricked out with some armor, some extra, you know, specs and everything. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to revisit that one too because I, I don't have a clear picture of it in my brain, but I do remember liking that movie. Because so. <laughs> Treat Williams is awesome, regardless. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so number two, Canada's bike, buddy. I I honestly. I was surprised that it didn't get popped up on your honorable mentions, but I didn't think it was going to be your one or two. Um, so awesome freaking vehicle. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And to be truthful with you, it was my number five. Um, but uh, um, whatchamacallit bumped it, uh, the light cycle, because I was like, ah, they're kind of both bicycle-y, yeah. you know? Your bikes, yeah. Yeah, but this was originally on there, so I just ah, I moved it to the honorable mentions. But uh, give us your love for Akira and Kaneda's bike. Kaneda Tetsuo. <laughs> Tetsuo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Akira is still to this day my favorite anime movie of all time, and mine too. You know, yeah, and you know maybe it's that thing of like whoever got there first has a special place in your brain. Um, and I've talked about this a little on our show, but it was the first anime that I saw, at least uh, like that I knew was something called anime because I'd seen maybe some Robotech and obviously Transformers was based on some Japanese toys and stuff like that as well. So we'd seen that influence in, even in, in America and North American cartoons and stuff. But um, this was the first thing where I went to the video store and was like, what is this cartoon that looks like that is for adults? It's rated R. Uh, that was a new thing at the time. And I rented it off the shelf and watched and I was like, oh, there's blood and gore and all this crazy shit going on. And it's a movie I've revisited many times over the years and still not totally sure entirely what the fuck is going on in that movie. Uh, this is a movie I did get to go and watch in the theaters though. Last summer, my wife and I, uh, we did make a trip out to Vancouver and got to check it out in the theater there while there was a lull in the pandemic and you could go back to theaters for a little while before it kicked back up again. Um, so that was a great experience as well. But yeah, the bike, Canada's bike, so cool. Looks so fucking awesome. Super iconic. He's got, of course, his matching, you know, red bike jacket. Um, and, you know, we don't even get a necessarily a, a total sense of everything it can do or how it operates. But, you know, you see as a kid, you're watching this cartoon and there's all the cool panels and gadgets and buttons and it just looks awesome the, the sort of trace of light that it leaves behind as it's zooming into neo neo tokyo i mean just uh forever seared in my brain 
Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I It's one of the first animes I ever watched. I still have a soft place in my heart for it. I've seen that movie a billion times, and I couldn't tell you what it was about because <laughs> it's a weird-ass story, but I love it. Uh, animation's amazing, but Kaneda's bike definitely stands out. Uh, I mean, a lot of the bikes are really cool-looking, but that one is yeah. iconic. You can show it to almost anybody, even if they've never seen anime. I think if they were alive... During the time, like grew up the same time we do, we could sh- you could show that to them. They would know exactly what that was from. Um, I think I remember seeing on like YouTube or something like ten years ago, somebody like actually built one, and it was like actually street worthy and everything. It's just it looks wow. amazing. It's awesome, and like you said, it's got these cool like yeah, it, I, I, all the bells and whistles are neat and everything. But like yeah, when it's got this electricity that goes around the tire and everything, it looks really cool. And then just the effect of like the the lights that they do and it kind of do it for all the, the bikes and everything, but the, the technical quality of that movie is just as outstanding. Oh, I mean, just the animation alone is unbelievable. The, you know, you know, all the modern animation is cool. Like the 3d CG stuff. There's awesome stuff that they've done with that, but you know, some, some ways, you know, I'm here. I am a nostalgia guy. <laughs> You're just not going to beat that hand-drawn animation uh, to me, that stuff that cell animation from back in the day, that's just painstakingly done. Um, and for Akira, I believe now, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've heard that one dude animated Akira. That doesn't seem possible. I don't think that's a possible. Uh, yeah. yeah. That seems like it would take forever. Yeah, but, no, I think that was a studio, full full studio. Um, yeah, that would make a lot more sense. But, but yeah, I'm with I, you, dude. I love that shit, man. That and the hand drawn stuff. I mean, I, I have a fine arts background and everything. I went to school uh, um, in high school. Went to like you know, uh, uh, you know, gifted and talented art clo- programs and whatnot, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, yeah. I always appreciate hand drawn animation. Uh, that being said, I do love the the CGI cell shaded look of the new marvel what if animation i think it's actually probably the best looking cgi that looks like hand-drawn you know okay yeah i've only watched one episode of that so far and i totally i wasn't totally sure how i felt about the the animation style there were certain things i thought oh that looks really cool that specific thing but other things i was like "Mm, i don't know about this but but uh, yeah, you, you think it feels kind of more like the traditional style in a way? I mean, it. I feel like they do a good enough job of like skinning it, you know, to make yeah. it look like it's got hand-drawn stuff to it, you know, aspects to it. Um, right. But it's, it's fully, you know, CGI, uh, obviously. And I get why they have to do that because you can create the character model and then you just right. animate it. Yeah, we, yeah, it's easy peasy. But yeah, you go back and you watch Akira and... I imagine when you saw in the theater, I imagine it holds up well because I mean, it's the animation is what the animation is. There's, it does not going to look bad. You know what I mean? It was fantastic to see on a big screen for sure. Mm, Goddamn. Goddamn. (laughs) That's, that's one I would love to see on the big screen, dude. Seriously. Um, All right. My number two. I, I mean, it can't be your number one because it's not uh, from star Wars. So I was a little surprised that this didn't make your list at all. I am oh. talking about the Colonial Marines APC. Wait, now you're confusing me. Are we talking about aliens? Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. Yes, the APC. So, the, which, obviously, you're familiar with that. You're familiar with aliens. Yes, uh, this did come up when I was talking to my buddies, the, the aliens vehicle. I didn't know that was what it was called, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Armored personnel carrier. Uh, it's housed in the dropship, uh, and you know, when they land and it comes out and I mean, 
you can kind of, you know, almost apply everything that I said about the dropship in the spaceship, you know, episode can apply to this one. And I saw aliens in the theater, you know, when I was like seven years old and just, I mean, just imagine the hits after hits, like, you know, the Salako looks great. Then the dropship looks even for, more awesome. And then there's like a freaking car inside of it. That's super cool too. Like seven-year-old me is like, <laughs> what is happening? How does this world exist? You know, just like when I saw, you know, Return of the Jedi, I'm like, how is, I can't go back to reality. This is insane. This is amazing, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah yeah you know i that like i say my buddies had brought that one up and i was like you know i don't for some reason it's it's not standing out in my brain as like i can see a picture of it i remember that they had a vehicle that they came out of the ship and they traveled from like one place to another on the planet in it but that's kind of all i remember about it so you got to tell me more tell me more about <laughs> well and, and let it, so it's an armored personnel carrier so it's supposed to obviously house and move it's a troop transport right but it's got this all that awesome like gatling gun in the front with like two oh, gatling yeah. guns and then it's got uh, the little window to the side and it's really squat like it's like short and squat but yeah, yeah. you know still kind of tall and uh, it's got like a machine gun on the back that's on like a, a pulley system that can go up or down and uh, and it was built off of a it's it's it was a british um vehicle that they used to tow like uh airplanes with you know and they just basically uh you know outfitted the the pieces around it essentially but that was the chassis was right. this this like you know tow truck for for airplanes um but you know from the like the late 70s and everything like that and uh they had to gut it and you could only actually house like four people in it. Uh, so they had to do some trick, you know, photography when they had to go sort of zoom into it. And then they built a full set, you know, outside of it so they could shoot in it. But they had to do some trick photography because they could only fit like four seats in there. And, you know, it's supposed <laughs> to have like a full bay and everything. But, you know, to this day, I love it. I love that one just as much as the drop ship. They go hand in hand, you know, they, they, they're mother and son or whatever you got, you got you got a thing about vehicles that come out of other vehicles is what you're saying <laughs> i think i do i think i might <laughs> i mean it seems like such a i mean i know there was an alien toy line after this bizarrely after the first movie and stuff that didn't last very long yeah but man that's that seems like stuff that was ripe to have a toy line even though you know obviously it wasn't a movie aimed at, at kids specifically um pretty dark and violent but just the idea of having that ship, a toy of that ship and having a toy of the, of the, as the, the tank thing coming out, like, man, that'd be cool. That, that would have been, remind me, I did forget one thing off my honorable mentions list. I'll mention right now is, was the Landmaster from, have you ever seen the movie Damnation Alley in the late seventies sci-fi movie? Uh, it, it's been very high on my to watch list. Uh, Zach has mentioned it uh, multiple times. Is Anthony Edwards in that one? Is uh, I can't. I don't think it's Anthony Edwards. I think it's um. Sorry, now I'm just gonna have to look it up because. Well, while you look it up, I will say that I know what you're talking about from the movie that vehicle. And if anything, that vehicle is, was pr probably the predecessor to the Dead Reckoning in Land of the Dead, like con right, conceptually. Yeah, I thought of that when you were talking about this Dead Reckoning vehicle. Uh, it's Jan Michael Vincent. Sorry, that's in Damnation Alley. Okay, okay. George Papard from the A Team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Winfield is in it, but yeah. So it's it's not that greatest movie, but it is interesting, and it's a post-apocalyptic world, 
and they travel around in this thing called the Landmaster, and it's like yeah, this big sort of elongated tank truck yeah. thing. So yeah, uh, similar idea like you're talking about with Land of the Dead. Um, kind of worth checking out just for this vehicle alone, I'd say. Yeah, no, I, I and I think the vehicle is the reason that I want to to check that out, and it's a movie that I've I've heard people mention. I, I know I should uh, see, and good call, buddy. That that's actually a really good call. Um, all right, oh man, number one. There we are, and I I guess do we have the same number one? Okay, how about this? Let's narrow it down. What movie is yours from? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, me too. Is it from <laughs> the first half of the movie? It is. <laughs> Does it have four legs? It does. <laughs> it's this is the reason that I I I two reasons. This is the reason I wanted to do the the ground vehicle. Like this was I built the whole thing around it. And two, we're literally happening. What I was hoping would happen was that you would. You know what I mean? I didn't think it would be number one. I didn't think both of us would have the exact same number one. But Dustin, what is your number one Star Wars vehicle? Well, it's the it's the AT-AT, the AT-AT, if you prefer. It's uh, no, it's AT-AT, buddy. You and I grew up. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, <sighs> I mean, bro. Do you, I mean, I don't remember the first time I ever saw it, but I can tell you that every time I watch that scene, I feel like a kid again, and my imagination just like explodes. You know, like it's unbelievable. And when, when I was when I was a kid, and we'd have snow days in Maryland, it it wasn't too too frequently, but it happened. I always watched Empire Strikes Back on snow days because you know you just you had to, and I'd go outside and pretend. Got to pretend you're in Hoth. <laughs> got to man, but uh, dude, take us into the discussion about the the AT-AT itself, man. Wow. I mean, so, you know, the movie kicks off with that battle sequence and you're seeing that thing. It's huge. It's, it's kind of like combining a bunch of things that a kid are going to love, right? It's a futuristic tank vehicle, but it walks and it's kind of like a fucking dinosaur, you know, or maybe a dog, I guess. But it just, like you're saying, it just made your imagination run wild that there could be a vehicle like this now i'm not sure it's the most efficient vehicle <laughs> i'm not sure you know we see them get taken down fairly easily in that sequence yeah um eventually once they figure out oh we can just like wrap <laughs> our cords around their legs and take them down i was like ah shit i'm thinking the empire is like ah that was a pretty big achilles heel <laughs> that we didn't, uh, <laughs> we didn't consider but it doesn't matter because they just look so fucking awesome yeah yeah and you know as i get older I don't Star Wars is not about the technology, you know, it's not about like how functional it is. It's about how cool it looks. Right. And dude, the ad ad is like from top to bottom. It's so awesome looking like not only was that cool looking, but we got to see like like snow troopers, snow storm troopers look different. Yeah. You know, that was cool. Uh, the ad at pilots looked cool. Um, my literal only gripe about rogue one is that I wish when they were inside those big, they weren't ad ads, but you know what I mean? Those things, they had one shot for a second from the inside and it wasn't the, like the ad at drivers, you know, I was like, come on, man, like just <laughs> come on. But anyways, and that, you know, somebody in costuming always wants to create something new. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. And then dude, to top it all off for me, 
It was my favorite toy as a kid. Now, I, I'm like you. I did not get a lot of sets or whatever. And, and that was by choice because, you know, my, my, I grew up single, single mom, you know, and everything. So I knew we didn't have a shit ton of money. And I understood that I could either have a $20 vehicle or I could have like four figures. And I would always yeah. choose, well, let me, I'll just take the four figures, you know. But I remember. The Christmas. And I guess I think my dad bought it for me. Probably, right? That makes sense because he's probably trying to, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, the 80s thing. Anyways, dads and divorces, yada, yada, yada. Um, watch any 80s movie and, and it'll be a topic that's dealt with. But um, it was the greatest toy I ever got. The greatest fucking toy. And to this day, like if I see that in the store, I mean, I don't have mine anymore. If I see it in the store, it's like, you just look at him. It's like, it's amazing looking. It's amazing. And it was so much fun. And it was such an awesome toy with so many like play features to it. You know, did, uh, did you have that one or did you play with that one when you were a kid? I think I got to play with it because my neighbor, uh, a good friend who's still one of my best friends to this day, uh, Andy, shout out to him if he ends up hearing this, but yeah, he had almost every Kenner star Wars toy in existence. God, I hope he still uh, does. He doesn't. Oh, Andy, you fool. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure I lost some of them for him. <laughs> but yeah, he had he had like all the figures and almost every vehicle and playset that they made, which so it was it was crazy. So it was, you know, you get to run across the street and and uh play with all those things, Millennium Falcon and whatnot. So even if you didn't have a toy, you you know, your friends or your neighbors or your cousins or somebody might have it, you get to play with it at some point, even if you never owned it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was that way with like the Ewok playset and whatnot. Yeah. I, yeah, I played it at like a friend's house. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I had a friend, uh, my buddy Luke. He had like the 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 Terror Drum. Um, no, the GI Joe one, the the Cobra one. You know, oh, the, yeah. yeah, he had that one, uh, but he didn't have the the flag the uss flag no the, who had the flag nobody nobody had the flag right i mean that's insane that like they thought that like that was a viable thing that you could sell <laughs> like nowadays you know hasbro does those like Haslab things and like you know and that's i feel like that's the smart way to do it you just pre-order sure. it and you just make to whatever's you been you sold them all yeah exactly and you know they did that with uh the razor crest from mandalorian and they did that i think the first one they did was job of the hut sail barge yeah. um to scale to like the three and three quarter inch scale and i mean that thing's insane dude <laughs> i mean i don't have the money to buy all these things but i'm i'm glad they exist but, right uh, <laughs> right i i will say that uh, i did pre-order the uh the haslab nerf uh pulse rifle because i i, I don't mm. have the money for that but i need it <laughs> <laughs> well you know we all have our breaking points <laughs> and and dude like and to roll it back to you know star wars and everything like i would have even considered the the snow speeder like a ground vehicle because it doesn't okay. it it doesn't go into atmosphere you know um but that's also like one of my favorite like Star Wars semi-flying vehicles as well. Like just all of that, man. I loved the the turrets on Hoth. Like the mm -hmm. entire Hoth aesthetic is a hundred percent my jam all across the board. Well, that was one, and I mean that's one of the cool things about Star Wars in general is that the you, you're expanding the universe each time you do something, and you're seeing a little bit more of. The world and how it works you, the, the world building is is progressing like so we know what stormtroopers look like but oh hey by the way there are different kinds of stormtroopers because there's different divisions because it's huge fucking imperial army like of course they have different types right um so yeah all that ways that that 
movie built on that stuff is genius, of course. And yeah. I was talking about it on the um, the armor episode. It's like nowadays, you know, Disney would like fabricate every piece of 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 costume that there is. But back in the day, they would actually use stuff. So like all the um, Hoth. Uh, rebel troopers you know those goggles are just oakley ski goggles you know that they're all wearing but the way it all fits together with the full package i mean it just i love the way the rebels it's those are that's my favorite rebels like everything dude i love the way they look yeah i mean and that's i mean that's my favorite star wars movie period still to this day empire um but yeah that's just tremendous the adats how can you beat them this giant fucking stomping monster machines shooting lasers out of their faces <laughs> i mean it's dude it's both of our number one it's the reason i wanted to do this list i mean i couldn't be happier that than... now working backwards how you... <laughs> yeah i couldn't be happier that it was your number one i mean this is like it couldn't be more perfect <laughs> yeah. and i assume you know you you grew up you're up north and everything the great white north uh i assumed you had a lot of snow days when you were when you were growing up did you pretend you were uh, on well, hoth we had oh sure yeah we i mean we had our share where i live near vancouver we don't get a ton of snow usually mm. so but when we so then when we did it was like a big deal that we really got into it and yeah you'd get some snow days and you know some days off of school and stuff sometimes and yeah for sure hoth and then that like i said with the neighbor you could take those Star Wars toys and play in that snow. And uh, <laughs> that's probably where some of them got buried and lost. <laughs> <laughs> Melted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I always have, I'm a sucker for like toys that like, like for GI Joe stuff, like toys that like, if it was a boat, they actually floated, you know? And, and there was yeah, even some, yeah. from some snow stuff in GI Joe, they came with skis and stuff and they worked like all in the snow and everything. And, and I also loved uh, the Cobra snow trooper guy, guy. I was always oh, yeah. a snow kid i loved snow and it's it literally it's because of hoff it seriously it is <laughs> wow uh did you get a lot of snow and you said you grew up in maryland yeah i grew up in maryland and 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 back then not so much now we would probably get a good one you know good s- snowstorm a year usually around my birthday in february we would never ever have a white christmas it wouldn't usually ever snow until like january february but we would yeah. usually get like one or two. Yeah. Similar, similar here. Usually, yeah, you'd get your snow in later after Christmas. Every once in a while, we have a white Christmas and it would be like the biggest deal. Of course. <laughs> I didn't realize you were in uh, up, uh, Vancouver. So you're right above, basically above me, essentially. Right. Yeah. Cause you're in Oregon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, for some reason I thought, cause I, I know Tim and Dean, I think they're more central uh, yeah, talking they're, back they're, they're Manitoba boys. Yeah. Okay. So they're, yeah. They're kind of more in the middle. They're okay. Considered West, but yeah, they're in the middle. <laughs> but you, and uh, is it all of you guys uh, are all up there near, near each other? Yeah. We're all in the same town here. Oh, that's so cool. That's so, I hope one day that we all like can like go to a podcasting thing or convention or something and like all meet up and, and like get together. It's so, it's hilarious that, you know, (laughs) none of us have met each other, you know, (laughs) the the way of the world nowadays. (laughs) I, I guess so, my friend, I guess so. Um, Guys and gals, this was so much fun. You guys didn't hear it, but Dustin and I had a hell of a time getting this this episode off the ground. But you know what? 
It was absolutely worth it. Uh, I love the conversation, dude. I loved everything that you brought to the table. Uh, and I knew, like I said, I knew in my gut you were going to be the right choice for this one. And uh, I, I think I was right. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It was definitely a fun time. Oh, man. Of course. Of course. And of course, uh, please plug uh, uh, Action Action for everybody again. And whatever Dustin says, just know that I will have links in the show notes for you all. Yeah, uh, so action, action! Uh, you can find us on you know wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, everything. Um, and uh, we have a YouTube channel that we barely use, but every once in a while we'll pop up a funny video on there. We're on Letterboxd at Action Action, and Instagram is mo- mainly where we are hanging out. Action Action podcast, um, and we're you know we do different funny stories. We do a quiz night every week. We do a fight night thing where we put up different characters versus each other and people can choose who they want to win and all stuff like that so we're having some fun over there too and if i could personally recommend an episode uh, i am all caught up although i have not listened to the hands of steel episode yet um if i could personally recommend the steven seagal marked for death episode (laughs) that was that was some fucking good shit man that was some good shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we always have fun when it's a Seagal movie because we, we give him a lot of shit, but uh, we enjoy a lot of his older movies too. So Yeah, and it actually made me want to go back and rewatch watch that one, if anything, for his uh, running style. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, uh, it is something to behold. It truly is. <laughs> oh, Dustin, thank you, buddy. This was fantastic. I hope everybody, please go out and check out Action Action. Check out everything on the BFOP network. Uh, we have every show on there is a show that I am proud to be sharing a network with, a show that I personally love myself. And uh, talking about Blast from Our Past, talking about Throwback Trivia Takedown, uh, talking back, obviously Action Action, people don't forget, uh, you know, Podcasting After Dark. Hey, that's us. Uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And of course, Cartwright presents Curb, your enthusiasm. We're having a lot of fun. Action Action is a great podcast, guys and gals. You guys put out some great content over there. And hope everybody checks it out. And as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.